Hello. Hello and welcome. welcome. Back we're back across the tracks, episode five tonight. Back across the tracks. We're back on it. Back on it. Watch back, out. Back on it. We are back. And uh, we're getting a lot the a lot of good feedback on the podcast. I'm hearing from a lot of people have been listening to it. So we appreciate the love, people uh, checking it out. And uh, we're gonna keep it coming as long as people want it. So yeah, just keep us keep us involved. If you got any uh, special requests or any stories that uh, we have uh, that's happened with us or what's going around E Town, let us know, and we'll uh, try to put make it a part of our part of our family as well. Absolutely, all for one and one for all. That's right. We can't do it without you guys. And you know, hit like or give us five stars. You know, we like the feedback, and uh, I think it's going it's going okay right now. Yep, we're five episodes in, and uh, so let's get this one going. And tonight, we're going to talk about an institution that is um, quite important to the community there in E-Town, and uh, that, that institution is the First Baptist Church. First Baptist. First Baptist Church. And um, again, major institution uh, in Elizabethtown, Hardin County, and, and actually in the state of Kentucky, um, the notoriety that that church received, um, you know, from primarily because of the work the pastors did throughout the years, uh, but definitely a, a, a pinnacle uh, in the black community there in E-Town. Right, right. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, to start out, I, I don't think you talk about First Baptist Church until... You know, you you frame how the church came to be, and um, you know, First Baptist Church was birthed out of a church on your side of the tracks. Oh so yeah, Valley Baptist Church, the big hill church big, on the big hill. Big hill, yeah, big 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 church there in Etown. It was a white church, uh, white congregation at the time I was growing up. Uh, we were growing up there in Etown. The pastor was uh, a Doctor Crushwitz, right? And he was the pastor there. And if we if we go back in history, uh, around about 1866, I think, uh, is the date. First Baptist Church was birthed out of Servants Valley. And the first church that the black parishioners from that church, the first church they built, it was built on uh, what was Valley Creek. And we're familiar with Valley Creek. It was it's a it's one of those uh, landmarks in E-Town. A lot of people you mentioned Valley Creek. They know what Valley Creek is. Runs through the bottom. Runs through the bottom. And Valley Creek was where the first church was constructed. And around about 1895, the church left that location and ended up at the location where you and I remember, again, on your side of town on Popular Street. Right, right. And uh, the church was purchased by the black parishioners who left Servants Valley. Servants Valley, that church was purchased for about $500. And and from 1895 until 1974, that's where pretty much everybody in E-Town who attended First Baptist Church, that's where you went, right there on 112 Popular Street. Popular Street. Popular Street. And a lot of good times at that church growing up as a kid, uh, member vacation Bible school, Sunday school, uh, singing in the junior choir, the celestial choir, 
a lot of great memories uh, at First Baptist Church. My mom started taking me to church with her uh, at that location when I was very young. And to say that I was raised in the church is an understatement because I pretty much was raised up in First Baptist Church. You're right. You're right about that. <laughs> Your mom and, and dad, they had a, I think it was either first or second row down front center aisle. Yeah, yeah. And here comes yep. all the, here come the R's, yep. Ricardo, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald, Rochelle, Rhonda, the whole family sat the right there. Family. Yeah, and uh, you know that that was that was a great time. Um, memories. I was baptized there. I think about twelve, twelve between twelve and sixteen of us joined church during vacation Bible school. And uh, we all got baptized on the same Sunday. I'm trying to think of some of the folks that joined with me, but the names aren't coming to me right now. But there was about between 12 and 16 of us that joined church during Vacation Bible School, and we all got baptized on the same Sunday morning. Unfortunate for me, I got baptized in December. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that that water was cold. Water was cold. (laughs) And my my, uh, brother tried to scare me and said that <laughs> said that Reverend Bishop was gonna drown me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the funny so, thing of, I didn't the, want to go to church that day. Yeah. And my mom said, get your behind up. You're yeah. going to church and you're yeah. gonna get baptized. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The, the the funny thing about getting baptized at the old church was when it came time for baptism, and, and you, you mentioned Reverend Bishop, but let, let's let's backtrack before we talk about about that. Okay. Uh, when I was when I was growing up, uh, there, there were a couple of pastors that uh, preceded Reverend Bishop. Uh, one of them had 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 moved on down the line by the time I came of age. That was Reverend Red. He, he had already sort of moved out. And, and the new pastor that followed him was Reverend Russie. Reverend Russie, that's right. That's Reverend right. Russie was I remember the, both of those guys. Yeah, yeah, Reverend Red and Reverend Russie. And when, when I started coming of age in church, my mom started taking me to church. Reverend Russie was the pastor. And, and I remember that. And then as I got older, Reverend Russie, uh, either I can't remember if he retired or he took another pastorate, but Reverend Bishop came on the scene. And uh, we can talk a lot about Reverend Bishop, but I'm sure we're going to talk about, about him a bit later here in the podcast. But getting back to the baptism, I think Reverend Bishop baptized pretty much everybody that came to First Baptist Church. I think he right. baptized everybody, married everybody, and, and fertilized a lot of people as well. But the thing about baptism in the old church, when it was time for baptism, they had to move the uh, the lectern, you know, the pulpit, yep, yep. moved out of the way. And had to move the floor. Move the floor. Take take the floor up. Take and the then floor up. the pool was underneath underneath the, the pastor. Underneath the floor. And uh, yeah, that water was cold sometime. And uh, but that that was that's how you got baptized back then. And uh, I remember that like it was yesterday, you know, them tearing, tearing down the, the pulpit to do baptism. But um, amongst amongst that, I mean, just some other good experiences uh, there in the church. Again, you know, singing in the junior choir. Um, the, the, uh, we talked last week, our show last week. I think we talked about rite of passage, right? Rite of rites of passage. Uh, going to First Baptist Church was you sang in the junior choir up to a point, but the next rite of passage was being able to sing in the celestial choir, which was the big thing. The celestial choir was the epitome of 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 you know you've arrived when you got to sing in the celestial choir. I remember the director of that choir was Steve Garrett. 
And you probably right. remember Steve. Steve Garrett was a director. He played piano for the choir. And the choir appeared many times. There was a, ch- uh, a church program that came out of Louisville. Uh, it was called Sing Ye. Came on Sunday morning, and uh, Celestial Choir performed on that show numerous times. It was huge to say, hey, man, we know people who are going to be on TV. You know, they were on yeah. singing live on that show. So that, now that what, was huge. Now, what was the age for the Celestial Choir? So let our listeners know. The Celestial Choir, Once you, I think once you became a teenager— you you could sing in the Celestial Choir. The Junior Choir was up until you became a teenager, and so once you turned thirteen or fourteen, I think you could you could sing in the Celestial Choir, and and that was like man, you couldn't wait um, to to do that because the Celestial Choir was big time. I mean, they were big time, and they sung a lot of uh, you know progressive songs at that time. Uh, contemporary Christian music was coming on the scene, and I remember. Uh, us doing um, Oh Happy Day, you know, back yeah. in the day. So contemporary Christian music was coming. Steve was a progressive musician, and, uh, you know, he had the choir jamming, man. The choir was jamming, and uh, and Steve was a great musician. And, and, and just the, everybody wanted to be in that choir primarily because of Steve's leadership and, and what it meant to, you know, to be a part of that group. So those are some of the things I remember. I think it was that teenager time when you could sing in the Celestial Choir. And a lot of the older kids— the older, uh, you know, youth in the community sang in the choir and you looked up to them because, you know, they sang in the Celestial Choir. So that's one thing that I did not do. I did not want any part of singing in the choir. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, you, you practice during the week and you couldn't wait to get up Sunday and sing what you would practice during the week. So it was huge. I mean, I sang in the choir. I was on the usher board. Uh, the only thing I, I didn't sing in the May course and nothing like that, but junior choir, celestial choir, and, and being on the usher board. Uh, my aunt, Florine Harris, was was the president of the usher board during my time coming up. She was the president of the usher board. So uh, we all joined the usher board, and, and, and we ushered on Sunday, and sometimes on Sunday afternoon. So, so that was my upbringing in the church, being exposed um, to a lot of things in the church, getting that spiritual background and that baseline that stays with me today. I mean, a lot of the lessons I learned uh, from uh, spiritual lessons I learned were from First Baptist Church. Right, and a right. lot of, a lot of the, the good people there that mentored me in the church, you probably remember some of these names. Some of these folks lived on your side of town. A uh, name that comes to mind is Sister Dorothy Woods. Yeah, uh, she was one of the old saints of the church who who always taught uh, the young people there in the church. Uh, another name that comes to mind you mentioned before was Deacon Mallory Skillman. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a pivotal person in the church. Um, Brother Robert Walker, who lived on the hill on the other side of the tracks, he lived on the hill. He was a Sunday school teacher, but an extremely learned man who knew a lot about the Bible and could expound and teach the word. Uh, I was in his Sunday class, Sunday school class growing up as a kid, and his class was the last Sunday school class I was in before mm. I to go to the Air Force. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Robert, Brother Walker taught us a lot, a lot of things uh, from the word. So, I was in Mr. Jordan's Sunday school yes, class, Sonny yes, Jordan's dad's yes, Sunday yes, school Brother class. Brother Jordan taught a Sunday school class, and I, and right. I attended that class once or twice, and I think eventually we migrated um, to Brother Walker's class. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember Brother Jordan taught a class, but so many good folks, um, you know, in the church that that, that mentored me, and, 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 you know, they set an example 
the way they conducted themselves. And when you came in the church back then, you better be on your P's and Q's or you'd get called out, you know, by some of the old saints at the church because they (laughs) had no problem getting on you and then would tell your parents about what you were doing where they had to get on you. So so that that's how it was back then. So. Again, the church was there on Popular Street and on your side of the tracks until about 1974. And right. I can remember, like you and I are talking now, the church left Popular Street, moved to the current location on Glendale Hill, 1974. Reverend Bishop actually led the congregation. We literally walked from walked. Popular Street, walked all the way through E-Town up to the new church on Glendale Road. I remember that like it was yesterday. And you probably don't know this, but that Sunday that we had the first service in the new church, that we walked from Poplar Street to the new uh, the new location, it was youth day. That Sunday was youth day. And I gave the sermon on that day. <laughs> I gave, Reverend Bishop let me speak on that Sunday. And he asked me to, you know, it was youth day. He'd asked me if I would speak. And I didn't know what the heck I was going to say. So the title of my talk that day was, if you're skating on thin ice, you're going to fall. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the topic yeah. of my talk for that day. But, uh, you know, Reverend Bishop had a lot of faith in the youth. And he, he empowered the youth. And, and he wanted us to be visible in the church. He wanted us to take our place in the church. And uh, I, that was, you know, I was I was very honored that he allowed me to do that. And uh, I don't know if my message resonated with anyone, but uh, that's what I came up with that day. And it was right. basically, you know, just, you know, if, if you're doing things that are contrary to to what the word is saying, whatnot, you better be careful because you're going to take a fall. And that that was the gist of the presentation. So 1974. Um, the new church opened, and it's still there uh, on Glendale Hill. Again, pinnacle to the community. Um, I think we can elaborate on the fact that there are a lot of a couple other churches in E Town. Um, uh, one is on your side of the tracks, and you might want to elaborate on that. Was Emory Chapel AME Church? It was on the other side of the tracks, and I think we hit on that briefly on one of the one of the casts. Just just briefly, yeah, Emory <laughs> Chapel. That was uh, most of the other black folks in E Town uh, would go to Emory Chapel, and uh, I can't think. I cannot think of the minister's name. I think. Um, it was, uh, was it was it Reverend Burks? Reverend Burks, Reverend Burks. Reverend Burks was yeah, the. The pastor there or the minister there. And so the people that didn't go to First Baptist, they would go to uh, to the uh, Emory uh, uh, Church right there. Yeah, yeah, Emory Chapel, Their yeah. congregation was probably a little smaller than ours. They had different hours, hours right. as far as time goes, start of church than ours. But literally, it was, you know, it was close by First Baptist. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you could you could throw a rock and literally hit it, you know. And yeah, yeah. Um, right there, on, right there, yeah, right there on Poplar Street. It was <laughs> it was on officially on Mulberry Street. Oh, Mulberry Street, yes. The front door, the front door <laughs> faced Mulberry Street, which was the yeah. corner of Mulberry and uh, Popular Street. Yeah. Did you had the Masonic um, building, which yeah. was on the corner next to it, going uh, west? Was the Emory Chapel, yeah. and then First Baptist. You went, you went uh, east, 
and you ran into First Baptist. And, you know, First Baptist really had a, as you were mentioning earlier, has a huge history. And um, it was started by slaves. Yes, absolutely. You know, it, it was started it was started by uh, white people of Severance Valley and in 1855 and then 1866, you know, about 20, 25 of the slaves, you know, started their own congregation under the blessing of Severance Valley. Right, right. But uh, Emory Chapel was just the other, more of a Methodist church right there in uh, E-Town, right off of Marlboro Street next to um, First Baptist. Yeah. And First, yeah. Baptist, First Baptist is on the National Registry. I happened to be in E-Town last fall, and they have tours, guided tours through uh, E-Town now, talking about the history of downtown and so on. And part of the tour is to go into First Baptist Church. Wow. It's very, very... Um, it's different inside. They kind of restored it, yeah. but they had people going through there, just walking through First Baptist. And to us, it was the church that we walked to. Right. I mean, yeah. you went Another to First thing. Baptist. Yeah. You know, I love sitting in the balcony because in the balcony I could sneak <laughs> out. <laughs> but Emory Chapel was was a um, was a, a major church. For, uh, it was more Methodist than Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you mentioned the balcony at the old church. And the, the thing about the balcony was people could see you from down in the auditorium. Yeah. If you're up in the balcony and uh, not only would your parents come up there and, you know, straighten you out if you were acting up up there or the ushers would come up there. And, and one of the ushers I remember come. I remember two ushers, you know, they would come upstairs, man, and get on you. One was Brother George Tom Lewis. <laughs> he would come upstairs. Oh, yes. And he, yeah. had, he would get on you. And the other was um, uh, Sister Rinda Doty. Uh, yeah. She would come up there and she would get on you. So, um, yeah. And, and you mentioned sneaking out. There were a lot of little places around the church that people used to go spend their time when when, when they were supposed to be in church. Do you, care to elaborate? Do you care to elaborate on a couple of those? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the first one was the one that was closest to us, and that was the laundromat. Yeah. The laundromat was next to uh, the AME church, uh, the assembly church. And so we would, you know, my mom and dad would give me the money to go to uh, First Baptist, and she always sat in the back of the church near the left side, you know, back of the I remember that. And uh, I would always sit up in the balcony. You know, you know, the reason for me sitting in the balcony was to sneak out of church. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was it. And so we would sneak out. It may be four or five, six of us would sneak out, go over to the laundromat, and we laundromat. And we would get Cokes and peanuts. You know how Southerners would take uh, Coca-Cola, take the top off, and then you get a little package of salted peanuts, put that in the top of your Coke, and then you would drink the Coke and eat the peanuts at the same time. Absolutely. And most of the times we would go over there to the laundromat and we would try to just pull on the Cokes because they were the old uh, eight-ounce bottles. And we would pull on the Coke and Probably every third time that we would go over there, we would get about six or seven free Cokes. <laughs> and so we would go there and just hang out, you know, and by the time we knew the church was going to be uh, releasing at about one o'clock. So we would sneak back in the balcony and then uh, uh, just hang out until our parents were ready to go. 
The other place that we would go, we would go a little bit further down 62. Do you remember that burger chef that used to be right across the street from the uh, skating rink? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. We we would go to the burger, the burger chef, and we would get, you know, 15 cent hamburgers, French fries and stuff like that. And then once again, go back, go back to the church. Yeah. Or we would go over to, uh, was it Boyd's Drug Store? Yeah, Boy's Drug Store. Yeah, go into Boy's Drug Store and get all types of candy. And our, uh, we wouldn't go by Ben Franklin's no. or, or um, I can't think of the other little uh, store right there on the square. Yeah, we wouldn't we go by there. J.J. Newberry's. J.J. Newberry, Ben Newberry. Franklin. Ben Franklin. And we would go there and just hang out take our stuff, go back to the church. Now, that was me. Now, I know your parents weren't going to let you do no, that. No, I, I didn't wander that far. I didn't wander that far. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You were, a lot, you of eyes, lot of eyes watching us back in the day. So yeah. I, I wasn't known for sneaking out of church. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. I was. <laughs> me, I, I was. The, the, there was another spot. Do you remember a chicken place around the church? There was a, the place that sold chicken. Do you remember? Oh. Okay. There was a chicken place, not in the same vicinity. A lot of the places you mean, there was a chicken place. And uh, our friend Joey, he and I were talking on the phone this week, and he mentioned there was a chicken place yeah. by the church. And um, he mentioned, you know, yeah, you know, leave church, go over there, get a chicken wing or a drumstick or something, you know, with your money that you're supposed to be putting in church, you'd go there and buy some chicken or whatnot. But I, that, that place, it, I, I vaguely remember it, but I can't think of the name of it. I can't think of it either. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't think of it either. But yeah, that was, that, those were some good times. And exactly. we, yeah. we First Baptist, you know, and, and Reverend Bishop, was really good at getting young people involved because we had there were a lot of kids our age and younger. The other thing that he would do is he tried to keep his two kids out of trouble because they were our age as well. Right. You right. know, to, Tony, Tony and Jr. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. He they would keep them. He would keep them busy, and then that way he always had young people had a youth choir and. Yeah. Celestial choir and so on. So yeah. we just kind of worked our way through it, yeah. and we did go to vacation Bible school like most most churches had. Yeah. And uh, we would just kind of hang out and do those things and have Sunday school, and it was just a great time to go up and get involved. But that was a that was a mainstay first was, First Baptist. Yeah, pinnacle of the community. Um, you know, for for many many years, still is. And uh, you, you mentioned Reverend Bishop, and I, I think now would be a good time to segue um, just, to, just to talk about the man and what, what he meant to the people there in E-Town. Uh, I, I call him the pastor's pastor. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who preach, uh, and, and, and nothing wrong with that. But when, when, when someone says they're a pastor, what that means to me is that th- you know that this individual knows you. He knows your condition. He knows where you come from. And if you were in a tribulation or you got something going on with yourself or your family, this person can come to you and they can speak to you in a way because they have a relationship with you. And and, and that's what Reverend Bishop had. He had a relationship with people. And I don't care where you were, what was going on. Reverend Bishop was down for you. He was there. He had your back and he was always there. I I don't ever remember a time. You know, he did so much for for my family and a lot of other families in E-Town. 
he was their pastor. Right. And, and, and there were stories of him driving to other states to minister to people who may have left First Baptist Church and moved away. They were still part of his flock and he would drive to go minister to them. That, to me, is what being a pastor is all about. Yeah. And he had a great sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. he he had a he had a way of the way that he walked, the way that he would stand. You know, he would look over the top of his glasses, yeah. you know, and he would tilt his head a little bit and he would <laughs> snicker at you. You know, yeah. he goes now, 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 you know, you're not supposed to be doing that or, you know, you boys need to be doing going to vacation <laughs> Bible school and so on. And he just was a very warm, loving person yep. and but when he got going on a sermon oh, oh yeah. he let it loose he, he let it loose oh yeah and he, he would bob and weave it's almost like he was a <laughs> almost like he was a prize fighter oh, because yeah. he would bob and weave you know yeah. and he would go up and down the stairs and he was he was very animated but that was yeah. just his style that was his and, style and people people loved the way that he would communicate directly with yeah. the spirits and with the spirits and the souls that are in the congregation. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I say there there are a lot of you know people who preach the gospel, but but there there are those who go above and beyond that, and and that's what Reverend Bishop was. He passed away here uh, last year, and uh, definitely um, is going to be missed in the community for the leadership. Uh, that he provided, uh, the guidance that he dispensed. As I said, he he uh, baptized pretty much all, me and all my siblings, uh, married all of us. Uh, he has eulogized several people in our family. Um, just a you know a good, kind-hearted uh, servant of God, and he will definitely be missed. Yeah, and and he was also good at allowing other members of the congregation, the deacon board, to take the pulpit. Yeah, you yeah. know, he he would mentor those guys and say, okay, you know, this person's going to take over, and and like most congregations, when somebody new steps forward and give the sermon for the day, you know, they kind of look at them kind of side-eyed, you know, right. and unless they really know, unless they really know uh, who this individual is. But he was good at uh, allowing some of the local people to uh, become deacons and to uh, mm-hmm. actually uh, give the word. Yeah, he, he observed, you know? yeah, he observed, uh, he observed you and, uh, you know, when when he thought, you know, hey, I, I can utilize this person to, to keep, you know, to, to, to keep the church, the body of Christ going. Uh, you know, yeah, he made a lot of folks deacons, uh, you know, uh, you know, pointed them or, you know, uh, you know, gave them the opportunity to be deacons and to serve. Uh, he mentored a lot of the young ministers that came through E-Town. And, and what a lot of people may forget you know, yeah, a lot of people in E-Town went to First Baptist. And there, there was another church. You mentioned Emory Chapel. There was another church there in E-Town. It was up on the hill. It was a Pentecostal church. It was pastored by Sister Boggs. Oh, uh, yeah. You had a few folks who went to the Pentecostal route, and they went to that church. But a lot of folks in First Baptist were military folks. Right. They came from Fort Knox into First Baptist Church and, and, and tremendously blessed that body with the things they brought to the table and increased the membership of that church. And so um, he, Reverend Bishop was just a magnet and, and people were drawn to him. They were drawn to the church. And um, again, he, he served until the end. 
um, a true and faithful servant, and he will definitely be missed. But the church goes on. They yep. have a dynamic uh, new pastor now, Reverend Roderick Jones, who I've heard speak several times. And uh, he's ministered to my family on a few occasions. And um, from what I've seen so far, I think he's a good man. And uh, I'm sure he's going to continue a lot of the work that Reverend Bishop started and uh, to keep that uh, church uh, a pinnacle in the community and keep it going. So it, yeah. it's there. Uh, it's there. I, I don't see it going anywhere. And uh, I know First Baptist Church means a lot to a lot of people in E-Town. Yeah. And, and, you know, Reverend Bishop, you know, he was the minister. He was a pastor there for 52 years. Absolutely. You know, he he was the longest serving minister in Hardin County for the longest time. Yeah. You know, and um, his his legacy will will be there for forever because mostly everybody in E-Town knows his legacy and knows how positive he was in the community. Yes, absolutely. You know, and as you know, we talked in one of our previous podcasts about the basketball team and how, you know, we won the first two or three basketball championship, church basketball championships. And then the other churches started banding together and started making rules that in order to play in the church basketball league, you had to have your own basketball court. And so, you know, Reverend Bishop said, you know, we're going to put a basketball church at first Baptist. Now, it took probably 20 years after we had left, but they put in a basketball, uh, a gym, gymnasium uh, to support, you know, the local local kids. So he, he lived up to that. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was that was a positive thing. Yeah. They, they established the Von Reno Center, which is still there, um, you know, and, and it, it, it I think it came into being. I had already left, but I, I knew that the, the building came into existence. And uh, it's there. It's being it's used by the community. Um, You know, people come there and hold events and whatnot. So it's still there. So, yeah, the the legacy that he left, the things he did, um, they'll be remembered long after you and I are both gone, (laughs) you know, because of 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 how he operated and how he functioned. He he always put people first. And uh, when you're a pastor, uh, people are always watching you. They want to you know, see if you're going to misstep or whatnot. But I, Reverend Bishop walked the walk and talked the talk. Yeah. And like I say, he is the pastor's pastor. And uh, he was my pastor, even though I didn't live in E-Town anymore, living overseas, whatever. Uh, but Reverend Bishop was my pastor. People asked, do you have a church home? Yeah, I go, I'm a member of First Baptist Church. And Reverend Bishop is my pastor. So wherever I was in the world at any given time, he was my pastor. So Right, right. That, you uh, got- I, you have any uh, funny stories that took place there at First Baptist you like to share with our uh, followers? Not funny stories. Wow. Let's think here. Um, I'm trying to think, man. There, there were so many. Um, gosh, let me, let me, let me put the thinking cap on here and go back. I, I think some of the things. One, I wouldn't say it's a funny story, but a fun, a story of a fun time. And that was um, one of the members of the church, and she lived in the bottom. Uh, down the street from us, there was a uh, sister Henrietta Mormon mm-hmm. and uh, Miss Mormon. She would put on the plays at the church, whether it was Easter, Christmas, whatever she would put on the plays. And um, during Christmas time, she put on the Christmas play, you know, the, the nativity story and everything. She put that on. And what I remember at the end of Christmas, and it was, you know, the Sunday school, uh, it was, it was the Sunday school 
program is what it was called, but you would put on the play. And at the end of the play and everything, and, and, and Reverend Bishop would say a few words and, you know, thank Sister Warmer for putting the play on and, you know, everything like that. When we left to, to leave the program, you got a little bag. It was your Christmas goodie bag. <laughs> and in that bag, there might be an orange, uh, a piece of candy, and, and maybe one other thing. But, you know, as you look at it, you're like, wow, that's not a lot. But when we thought about that, man, that meant everything because you, you that was the highlight. You couldn't wait to get your goodie bag. And, uh, you know, you'd open it. And even though everybody's like, oh, you already knew what was in there. It was just a joy of getting that bag, man. So that, that's one of the things I remember. Yeah. Uh, you know, not a funny story, but something that 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 just it brought joy to your heart to get that bag at the end of the end of the Sunday school program. And, uh, it, it was, it was pure joy, man. No one, you know, those three things were in that bag. <laughs> I, I always remember Mr. English being Jesus. Yes. <laughs> he was always Jesus <laughs> on the cross when we got to, uh, yeah. uh, uh, the crucifixion. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've got one that I, the first time that I, took Lynn to First Baptist because Lynn and I were, I think we were still dating or we had just gotten married. Okay. And we went to First Baptist for a sermon and um, Reverend Bishop let one of the other uh, ministers do the sermon that day. And the day that he did that, um, Pastor Robinson, Jake Robinson, was the uh, minister. I know exactly what story you're going to tell me. You're laughing now. You're going to have me crying on this podcast, man. But, you know, Lynn and I were sitting there, and I got to kind of set the scene. You know, just to the right of us sat Mama Hattie. You know Mama Hattie. Yeah, Mama Hattie, yeah. Mama Hattie always had her hat on. And Miss Barbara Jean was sitting in front of us. And so uh, Pastor Robinson went into his sermon. He said, today we're going to talk about you know, sin and and how a uh, country is going to evil and how we're just just not following Christ's um, way of doing things. And so he went on, you know, and after a few minutes, you know, Pastor Robinson, he was a little older, older yeah. gentleman. Yeah. And he was, you know, going over some some things and he said, you know, I just can't believe how America's going down the t- going downhill. You know, he goes, we've got, you know, homosexuality. We got men loving men. We got win- women loving women because it goes against all of Jesus's teachings and so on. And so at that point, people are starting to kind of look around like a little bit, you know, like, where is he going with this? And he goes, I tell you, I, I, I can't believe that I'm seeing these things. And I'm Lynn and I are thinking like he's seeing these things. He goes, yes, I tell you what, you got men loving men, women loving women. He goes, I've seen it. I've seen it. And then he came out and said, well, I've seen it. And I've seen it on HBO. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Mama Hattie's hat flew off. <laughs> Miss Barbara Jean turned around and looked. Like, oh, my God. And Lynn just started cracking up. I think the entire congregation, even Reverend Bishop, had to snicker a little bit there. Oh but that God. that was a changing point that the uh, 
media had caught up with someone. I guess Mr. Robinson was probably in his late seventies, maybe. He might, yeah, he might have been, yeah, late seventies, probably yeah, late eighties, yeah, yeah. But he had been watching HBO and had seen these things that you know that we see all the time, wow. but you, yeah. you don't yeah. think that that's going to come out of the pulpit. But he said, I seen it and I seen it on HBO and I almost rolled, <laughs> almost came out of the seat there. And you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be respectful in church. Right, right. But the congregation just cracked up. Wow. <laughs> now, I think, I think you were, I think you were away. I think you were still in the Air Force maybe at that yeah. time. Yeah. So this was about 83, 84, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, I, I remember people talking about the story. So I, I remember people talking about the story. I mean, that that is hilarious, man. But, we talk uh, about that to this day. That's that's yeah. one that you never forget. Yeah. But his heart, his his heart was in the yeah. message. Oh, absolutely. And Reverend Bishop didn't say anything. You know, he just kind of went along with went along with it. And uh, the message was there. It just got a little bit off track, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. I have one more story, and then and then we'll 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 bring the, this particular cast. You know, we'll wind it down. But um, this this is a funny story. And uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Sister Queen Mylan, um, she asked me one year. Uh, the usher board had their Christmas party down in the basement of the new church, and so she knew I played music around town. So she asked me, uh, me and Tony, if we would play Christmas music. At the at the usher board Christmas party, and I said yes, ma'am. I'll be glad to do that. So I set my turntables <laughs> up down in the basement, everything, and you know, getting everything set up. And you know, people are gathering and they're sitting at the tables talking, whatever. So I put on my first selection, and she said, "Play Christmas music." So I play. <laughs> so I put on James Brown, "Merry Christmas, Baby." <laughs> And so if you know my mother-in-law, if you remember my mother-in-law, she, oh, yeah. she came running over to where I was in the table and she said, now, Wayne, she said, you're going to have to take that off. <laughs> she said, that's not appropriate for here in church. And I'm thinking like, but you asked me to play Christmas music, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, okay. So I had to change the, had to change the format real quick to to get it back in line with what she wanted. But to this day, my wife and I laugh about that because she came over there real quick and uh, said, you need to take that off. So <laughs> that, that was that was funny. That was just hilarious to me. But uh, again, you, you could have fun at church. And I think we we did. We had fun, um, you know, even though, uh, you know, yeah, the church is a sacred place, but you could still have fun there. And we had a lot of fun times as kids growing up. BBS, Vacation Bible School, Sunday School, singing in the choir, even sneaking out of church at times. And and even, we had more fun walking home from church. You know, right. y'all walk back to the bottom or you walk back across town or whatever. But uh, First Baptist Church is a uh, something that, you know, it's it's etched into the DNA of my being and because I, I was raised up there and I still have a fondness for the church, even though I don't live in E-Town anymore. I still have a fondness for the church and I, and I want the church to continue to grow and prosper. And I think they will under the leadership of their new pastor. Yeah, that's great. 
That's great. Yeah. First Baptist, uh, 112 Popular Street, Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Uh, it's on the National Register. The new church is on Glendale Road, uh, just about a mile uh, west of there. Yeah. And uh, it's it's continuing to grow. They got a new pastor. Yeah. And um, we're, we'll move forward with that. We will move forward with that. And uh, with that said, you know, that, that'll wrap up this episode of Across the Tracks podcast. I enjoyed doing this one. I enjoyed talking about this subject. And uh, we're going to have some more interesting subjects coming your way here in the next few weeks. Uh, we're look, Be on the lookout for a special guest episode. We're working on that now. So we're going to have a special guest episode. And uh, I think you're going to really like that when you find out who our guest is going to be. Right. So if you have anything, any concerns, uh, if you uh, want to give us some ideas or even if you have a funny story that you want to tell uh, that we can pass on to folks, you know, this is about uh, us having fun and talking about growing up in a small town in America. Uh, unlike most small towns, you know, E-Town is just E-Town. I have a friend that I just talked to just a few days ago and he said, same thing happened in E-Town, happened in Indiana. The difference is, is just a different part of I-65 that, that he lived at. And so there's not anything different than whatever happens in other small towns. It's just that this was just our our part of our, our world, uh, things that helped us to mature as, as, as men growing up in small town America in, in Kentucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for Across the Tracks. All right, then. Well, we'll we'll catch up with you later and just keep those positive thoughts coming. And Across the Tracks, we'll catch you on the next go round.